0: Welcome to the Known Legacy podcast, by dads for dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, Travis here with Known Legacy and my buddy Bill. Um, as always, if you have questions, comments, or concerns, info at KnownLegacy.org. Follow us on all the social media
1: things. On the Twitter machine everywhere. The Twitter machine. It's awesome. Is it's fantastic. Awesome. So,
0: hey, uh, big thing, uh, we are celebrating one year anniversary of Woo! Known Legacy podcast uh, today, actually. Yeah, one year. And so we have a big, we don't have a cake. We, we don't, don't need have... a cake.
1: I, I would eat cake if it was here. Yeah. So, maybe I'm you, gonna go get some cake. You
0: remember growing up and you would like actually look forward to the birthday cake?
1: Oh, I love the birthday cake. You know, cake.
0: what was your go to? Like, what was the birthday cake for you?
1: Yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Really? My favorite. Mine was uh, this
0: the best. Banana chocolate cake that my mom made with uh, like cream cheese frosting, Ooh. and it was decadent and delicious. And I literally would eat the whole cake over three days. Hence my uh,
1: current shape and size. <laughs> shape. Hey, round is a shape, you're in shape. So <laughs> my, my my one of my favorite cakes though is carrot cake because I do feel like it's healthy. Yes, it it has carrot there's in veggies it. In there, be, right? Is that right, Randy?
2: And it looks like you it's nice and
1: thank you so orange. much. I have orange <laughs> hair. That's why we have Randy on today. And I want to introduce you guys to my friend Randy. You know, um, he we brought him on, you know, a couple weeks ago I was I was watching Braveheart. Yeah. And uh, and it made me think of Randy as funny as it is at that point because um you know right after william wallace's uh father dies in, yes. the, in that battle uh you know they're at they're at the funeral and the bagpipes are being played you know all that kind of stuff and his uncle comes in he's like hello i'm your uncle argyle and he 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 helps this boy go from complete and utter lost feeling of chaos he, he takes him he brings him back to where where he, he came from out uh, of france or something like that wherever he was from and uh and he trains him up to be a man and then to be a warrior. Right. And and as, and as interesting as it may see, when I see my friend Randy, I, I kind of see the Uncle Argyle. Right.
0: And isn't it interesting, back in the day, it was really the family's responsibility to do that. Like, there was no question. There was no hesitation. It was a family. Yeah, you did it. But today, that family sometimes, for whatever reason, is not able to or not willing to. And so we have these other options um, in our culture today, that I think we're going to talk about, and it's going to be pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, yeah. And one of those big options is is adoption. And I love hearing the story of rescue that Randy has, uh, as as he adopted seven, six, six, we six have kids eight total. Yeah, my math is terrible. Two so biological six adopt. Randy, Randy may look like an ordinary man. But
0: he is a Yankees fan. So, uh, oh, the, <laughs> and that's the end of the No Logacy podcast for this exactly. week. He <laughs> is, Why is he beating me? Exactly.
1: <laughs> he's actually full out in Red Sox garb right now. No offense to the Yankee fans listening. Yes. Yes. None whatsoever. But, uh, but he's from Boston area. Yep. And, and so, so anyways, he's got a really, really cool story. Uh, I love how Randy's story comes from him, him coming to know Jesus and in the midst of that, even before that, I think he had he had already started his journey towards adoption. Before coming to Jesus? Yes. No. Correct. Incorrect. Okay, good. See, I don't so know all the stories. We can so, do some
2: stat correction along the so way. So
1: possibly you could share your story with us. Yeah, possibly. All of this.
2: Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, part of our story is is we had two biological children, mm-hmm. and during Emily, my wife's pregnancy, she we learned she was allergic to pregnancy. Oh, <laughs> first one. My oldest daughter, by the grace of God, was born full term, but at 28 weeks, Emily was in the hospital preterm labor. Oh! And her family's a uh, was Catholic, and the uh, the priest came in, and the priest gave her, her last rites, and they said I got 30 minutes, and we're gonna take the baby out, and we'll see where the chips may lay. And then the priest came <sighs> wow. in, Holy gave her, her last smokes. rites, and. The fluid around her heart fluid around her lungs started to go away and then she was on bed rest but by the grace of god alex was born who played a big part in <laughs> the lord's story of bringing me to him but <clears throat> excuse me got are pregnant again she had a pretty good pregnancy with my oldest son until uh like 32 weeks and she went her body just gave up and just said, I'm done with pregnancy. And right. they had to bring AJ out six mm-hmm. weeks earlier. So he was in the NICU for about a week or so. And the doctor said, you're allergic to this. You probably should stop. So we made sure we took the measures necessary to stop that. We both weren't Christians at the time. And that broke Emily's heart. So how did mm-hmm.
0: you, you process through that then?
2: Uh, you know, that's a great question. I don't know that we've ever really thought how we processed through that back then because we were... Pretty lost. I'm pretty angry, and we had a lot of marital issues back then as well. So, I'll just say it was probably unhealthy. And honestly, God blocked that out of my mind, really. But, but the reality is, you made it through. We did make it through. Which is is we made it through, and more so, you know, we had Alex, my oldest daughter, and God used her to bring me to Jesus. Really? How so? Well, she's an old saint. (laughs) She's an old soul, and I mean. Emily came to know the Lord around 2000, 2001. Emily's my wife. Okay. And it's through her brother that she came to know Jesus. And he played a bigger part in me coming to Jesus as well. But my daughter, who we had out of wedlock, (laughs) totally sinful, (laughs) and uh, God will redeem. Oh, Amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Absolutely. And so my oldest daughter, uh, I I don't know. You guys have daughters? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got two. And so... Three-year-old daughter with little pigtails and big blue eyes says, Daddy, why aren't you going to church with Mommy and I? Oh.
1: Yeah. Shut through the heart and you're to blame. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, pretty you much. You give Dad a bad name. Sorry, was that?
2: No, that was or, Is that perfect. artistic freedom? That, that, was, that was artistic freedom. That was a wonderful soundtrack to the story <laughs> of my life. Thank you. <laughs> it's good.
0: Bon Jovi, he shows up again.
2: So Alex really is the reason I started going to church. Because ah. was, It was easy to tell Emily no. Yeah, it wasn't very easily to tell my it's my daughter. No, and so through that journey, we came to, we both became uh, believers in Christ. Started mm. gave our life to God. So cool. And what God told me, the two things He told me within the first couple months of being a follower of Him is, you got to stop listening to the music you're listening to. Mm. Right? How awkward well, and I'm, goofy is that stupid thing? I'm really sorry
1: about what we just did then, right there. there.
2: No, that was just fun. We've we, we've matured. We've grown now. So <laughs> we obviously I have it. Tell, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs>
0: that was a very backhanded compliment.
1: Yeah. Well yes. done, Randy. Well um, done. <laughs> we've we've grown up. <laughs> we've grown. We're real people now. So it's
2: just funny when I tell people that. Right? I tell people I went from corn and Metallica and Pantera to Wow Worship, Yellow, and Chris Tomlin. Oh, thanks, Lord. <laughs> What wow. a change. So wow. there was that. That's what That would be crazy. called the
0: desert years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Israel years. had it, Jesus had it, yeah. and you had your I desert had, years yeah. of wow worship. Wow worship, yellow. <laughs>
2: yellow. Yellow. So there was that, and that wasn't really huge. The bigger one was sitting there and wrestling with God as I started to learn what a quiet time was and realizing that by my telling my wife that I didn't want any more kids, because she was pushing for adoption for years, yeah, by me telling her no, I was actually withholding the calling in her life. Wow. And so that was my real, I mean the music thing was the first thing I really understood God was telling me, but that was the real life impact. Right. Time that I heard God speak like, to When did you
1: recognize me. that in the midst of everything?
2: I was, <clears throat> let's see, we I came to know Jesus in April of 05. Yeah. And we brought in our first two daughters in February of 06. So not so he very did, far. He, he
0: didn't waste any time. There was yeah. no
2: time wasted. Yeah. I mean, Emily had been asking and praying and seeking God on what it would be like to have a, a larger family. And I want to say this out, like publicly. Emily will tell you all the time. She didn't do this as a ministry. This wasn't her call yeah. in her life at that moment as a ministry. Right. Because God knew if we knew we probably would said no. <laughs> we, <laughs> we would have We would not run to the city. We would have run the opposite way. So, mm. um, so like I said. We so, had, it's your Nineveh. Yeah, exactly right. And so, once I, it was pretty funny. Once I told him, like, I think God's really telling me we need to adopt. I think she had the papers in her back pocket ready to go. <laughs> and she's like, it come from? She had the pen, pick your finger, and start signing right there. So, we, we got going right away.
0: Wow. Now, um, adoption process, I've, I've heard... Um, some friends of mine have been in the adoption process and it is a brutal process. Totally. Um, and so did you, like, mm. did you try stateside? Did you, mm. did you try for, yeah. you know, like wh- 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 what or a- agency did you go with? Like what was your yeah. journey there? So
2: we went with an uh, adoption agency. So we we're living in Midland, Texas at the time. Okay. And we went, sorry. With, yeah, I know. More we desert. Love you, Midland folks. We went with a, uh, an organization that was out of Washington called Waycap. Okay. And so it was a private adoption. We, did, we were ignorant, right? We didn't know what to do. We just knew that we were going to adopt kids. Right. Didn't really know much about foster. Didn't know much about private. Just so Emily found this organization. I don't even know how she found it, but we went through this organization called Wake Up out of Washington. And the process sucks. Like, oh, it I, does. Tell, I tell people when I talk about adoption all the time, adoption, while is the beautiful picture of Christ adopting us into heaven. It's horrible. It shouldn't be a thing. Right. Because it starts from a, a place of brokenness. And it, mm. it's so
0: expensive and it's totally. it's it's the waiting and the emotional roller coaster yeah. of, of that phone call, not that phone call, that possibility, all of a sudden it's ripped out from underneath you yep. and it is absolutely brutal. So so how long were you with that organization, and then what happened there, and, and yeah. how did you end up I was gonna say, so to the end of the story where, you know. Yeah,
2: we had probably five or six different adoptions that fell through before we got our, mm. our oh. two daughters. And so it's beyond a roller coaster. It's And now looking back, you can say, yeah. well, God gave me Kaylee and Riley because they were the my daughters, and yeah. all those other ones weren't my kids. But when you're going through it. Yeah. Those are your kids. And you're yeah. like, what the trash is going on? Why yeah. why, why didn't this one work out? We actually had a situation where we had a probably a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old in our house for a week. Oh. And it didn't work out.
1: Oh. Because It didn't, of just didn't the work just issues. because of their, of their situation, the not you guys. Oh, yeah, because the children. Okay.
2: We, weren't, we weren't prepared to handle the situations that the adoption agency didn't really make evident to mm. us before we brought them into the house. Got right? it. And got so it. when you have those kinds of issues going on, you're like, you throw your hands up, especially as a young couple, right? We're oh, like yeah. in our mid 20s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Late <laughs> 20s or so. You're like, what the? Oh, my mercy. So, yeah. And so finally in February, after about three or four failed attempts to adopt, Kaylee Riley came into our lives and they're mm. biological sisters out of right outside Atlanta, Georgia.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. You know, it makes me want to jump back a little bit to yes. what you said. What was it like to see your wife pursuing her dream versus before that? Was there a tension? Was, was she was she a different person or was it just kind of, did she keep that to herself? Oh no, she didn't keep it to herself. Okay. <laughs> how different? Yeah. Okay. Because I guess I'm seeing it because I'm looking at it from, from from the standpoint of so many guys are driven towards what they want and then their wives are kind of on the sideline mm-hmm. and they're just super supportive and all that kind of stuff. And then one day they, they just snap and they're like, wait, I, I thought everything was good. And so I'm just wondering, even if you could walk through a little bit of that, like how, and I know it's been a while, but how, how was she beforehand versus how she was when you're like, let's do this, and you kind of got on board with, this, with her dream?
2: I think it came down to the fact that there was frustration for her, mm-hmm. but that frustration was aimed at me because I was blocking her pursuit of what God was calling her to do. And okay. then when I finally got kicked in the rear end by God, we ended up being frustrated together at the whole humanistic process of what adoption looks like. Mm. Right, So it's a little bit, we're yeah. actually going to battle together as opposed to me being kind of the blocker of going to battle. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. This isn't the plan, but one of the things you brought up that I thought would be good for all of us dads to wrestle with is, do we know the dreams and the callings of our wives? And are we actually helping them pursue those? Mm. Or are we unintentionally or or intentionally somehow putting up roadblocks or just lack of support in what that may or may not look like? And I'm, I'm convicted because I'm like, I know my wife's a teacher, but I don't know if I really... Have taken the time to listen to her heart to say no, no, no. This is your passion. Yeah, this is what you actually wake up for. And how do I help you achieve that? And so, dude, that's yeah. Good how do words. You, how do you
2: help your wife unlock the everything that God created her to be? Yeah. And then how do wives help you unlock what you've been created yeah. to be? That's that's a picture of what the marriage that's a is. Great right? yeah, yeah.
1: That that would be a great marriage. Most marriages
0: never get exactly. to that point though. Yeah.
1: Well, and even even I think as you're saying that I think mean, there's this shell that kind of grows up on some women that a guy tries once and then he's like, well, she, don't, she, she didn't want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then we, we almost look for the excuse Yes, yes. before it. So, yes. so I think the challenge, and I love that you're, that, I guess that's why I wanted to circle back to this is that, that you didn't stop. You pursued the heart of the father and you let God kind of beat you up about it. Yep. Like, because, because we really being one flesh is what that is, is pursuing, pursuing the heart of your wife to go, what makes you come alive? Right, and then when we stop that, we're we're denying the spirit's work as one flesh together. So I love I love that you did that you stopped. But I know that just like you're saying, take account. Maybe it's worth guys this week saying, hey, I'm gonna talk to my wife and say, what what do you love? This? I know you're working as a banker. What do you really want to do? Well, you know, and and then allowing them to to process that, and then asking them again, and asking me even if you have to put it on your on your phone schedule it down. Hey, in three days, I'm gonna text her again and go, what we we talked about this a few days ago. What do you? really want to do right. what makes you alive yeah yep. because they've been living in the routine
0: and just the absolute driving force of laundry dishes cleaning job kids homework they haven't had a chance to dream and so giving them space or inviting them to it may take quite a while but i love that make it a routine to, to ask that and see what god's been doing with them yeah that's, that's powerful all right that's all for that we have today <laughs> yeah right no, i'm just kidding but keep going. so anyways keep going yeah. keep going. Yeah.
2: So. We adopted Kaylee and Riley in 07. How
0: old were they when you adopted them?
2: Kaylee was two and a half and Riley was one and a half. They're 13 months apart. And okay. they're
0: now 15 and 14. Is it an open adoption or was it a closed adoption? No,
2: closed adoption. Okay. And so they're African American. So it was very obvious that they were not born of our loins. They aren't
0: your real kids?
2: I mean, I tell Riley all the time. She gets her good looks from me, but she, <laughs> doesn't, she doesn't buy it. But How no, old are they now? 15 and 14. Oh,
0: fun ages dead silence. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I give you right there. Ages.
2: They are ages. (laughs) They are. Leave me alone. I just want chocolate. (laughs) Right. So we brought them home and I know Emily will listen to this and probably correct me on dates, but I believe it was February of 07. We brought them home. Okay. And then later that month or later that year, I went on a missions trip with our church out in Midland to Liberia, Africa. And by God's providence and happenstance, the people who ran the U.S. side of the uh, orphanage that we served at went to our church in Midland, Texas. Wow. And Emily was friends.
1: It's amazing her. ministry. His Voice Global, correct? Is that what it was? Uh, No, Addie's Hope. Addie's Hope. Addie's yep. Hope. Okay. Addie's Hope. Well, His Voice Global is a really good ministry. They are too, really good so. too. Anyways. Shout out to Vernon. So,
2: uh, went on a mission trip there, and then that set the motion, setting the wheels in motion for the next round of adoptions. Gotcha. And so, to backtrack all the way back. When Emily was a young girl, she knew she was going to have a large family. Okay. This wasn't a, God put it in her heart, but it wasn't an overt, my ministry that God has called me to is to save the orphans <laughs> and save the children, because that's what God says to do. That just, it just was, she wanted a large family.
0: I believe yeah. the children are future.
2: And while I knew God said to stop. I love
1: that we're just hijacking him by singing a <laughs> yeah, random great. and I'm just going to keep talking songs. through it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and while I knew God said, you know, you need to go and adopt, it still wasn't a, well, this is the ministry God put in our hearts. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like I'm blocking a... my wife from being what she was created to be. Have you ever met my wife? She's the most compassionate, loving, caring, nurturing person in the world.
1: You definitely and outpunted your coverage on that one. By far. Way by far. By far.
2: In all areas. So, <laughs> went to Liberia, came back, and uh, the pastor that was over there ended up... Calling our house saying we've got kids available to adopt. Yeah. Put us totally on the spot and it was three kids and we said no. Ooh. I said no. Emily said sure. I said no. And then Emily had to go out and do something and God kicked me in the rear end again. And she came back from that errand. I'm like, Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna adopt three kids. And so we talk about the journey of adoption and how like painful it can be. Yeah. That was a year long process. And halfway through that year-long process, the way that orphanage worked was a lot of those kids weren't true orphans. Mm. A lot of those kids were orphaned by poverty.
0: Gotcha. So the parents still lived
2: in the area. And there was this, uh, I want to say, raid on the orphanage where a bunch of the parents came back and said, either you pay us or we're taking our kids out of here. And the three kids that we were supposed to adopt were taken out of there. So we had, I'm looking at my van out there now. We have a 12-passenger van. We had just bought. Sweet. Moved our house into a house that could support the amount of children we were going to have. Right. And now we're sitting here empty-handed and we're like, well, where's our kids? <laughs> we started this process. <laughs> what are you doing, God? Yeah. So fast forward a couple more months. And sounds horrible to say it this way, but a new batch of kids came in, yeah. right? And some of these kids were actually mm-hmm. orphans, but two of my sons and my daughter were in that crew. And so we adopted... My Hannah, she was six and a half when she came home. She's 18 now. And then my Zeke and J.D. And Zeke was 11 months old and J.D. was three. Wow. And they're now, J.D. is 15 and Zeke's 12.
0: So with the older kids particularly, what kind of culture shock did they experience going from yeah. the orphanage in, in Africa to flying to America and then getting uh. off and seeing decadence Everywhere Everywhere, I want
2: to tell everyone That we set that up But we didn't But the flying Is just triggered the When Hannah was Coming home Six and a half Seven years old Whatever she was And it went from Monrovia, Liberia To Senegal To um, London I think London to DC DC to Dallas Dallas to Midland Wow Every time we landed She would throw a fit Really? Yeah And after she came home And kind of got English better, because they do English in Liberia, but it's not the same English as ours. So once once she learned the English better, right? she told us, every time we landed, I thought we were in America. <laughs> and then oh. we had to get back in the plane. I didn't want to be in the plane. Wow. So just funny Wow, story wow that's funny. Yeah, it is funny. So six and a half, seven, I think they were more culture-shocked more than anything. I don't know that at six you still even recognize the the opulence that we live in, right? right. But right. it was the foods that she was used to oh, yeah. like, she could vocally say, I don't like your food. This is horrible. Where's my fill in the blank of what I'm used to eating. Right. Um, and, you know, we adopted one more. We'll talk about her in a minute, but the older they are, the larger the suitcases that they're bringing into your family right. of just mm. emotional baggage and, and issues that you have to work through. Right. And I mean, she saw a lot, she experienced a lot. Right. I don't want to go too far into it, but, I mean, you can use your imagination as yeah. to, what, a six, seven, eight year old girl who's living in an orphanage with girls who are older than her. Right. right? And, and the predators that are out there and the things that can happen, she she witnessed a lot of that or experienced some mm-hmm. of that. And so as a young couple, now, we went from two kids to seven kids in two years. Wow. Right. And yeah. so we'd walk into a store and people would ask <sighs> us, and they were all black. Right. Right. Are you, a, are you a preschool? <laughs> 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 and it took me a few minutes not to get mad at people every time. I'm like, no, these are my kids. Can't you tell?
0: Right. Like, come on. <laughs> it's just, you and your narrow-mindedness. <laughs> it makes right? perfect sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense.
2: So, <sighs> yeah. It was, it was definitely a trip to go from two to seven. And, you know, the, the, the changes, they all still were young enough that it kind of just blended into the entire shock of every person I saw. <laughs> right? You took it from their perspective. Every person I saw was my color skin right now this n- white person's taking me and now everyone i see in midland texas is white is not the color of my skin right, right? and so you just add all of that together but they were all young enough that it all just kind of
0: blended together
2: gotcha and so a lot of emotions came out in probably some really frustrating ways <laughs> right.
0: so the patience of you and emily had to be a- exceptional
2: emily is a very very patient person yes
1: well, well, you know, I, I, I'm I, just kind of knowing the situation and seeing the people every week. And I've heard this story before, and it doesn't get old from my side because you see the rescue going on. You see what you see that God's hand is in, is in the midst of it. But I guess even as we're kind of wrapping up this this session, there's a lot of people that are like, man, I, w- I would adopt in a heartbeat or I would do this. Like, what would you share with the. Person whose whose spouse, male or female, said, "Man, I, I want to adopt," and they they kind of shut that down. What would you say to the person who's on the struggling side of that?
2: Well, the first thing I would say is you need to be praying about it, and you need to be praying about it together. Okay. Um, I think when you're married, and this is just my own thoughts on it, but when you're married, God's going to give you a call that may not just necessarily start with your brain. Yeah. It may start in your spouse's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you need to be receptive to that and understand what God's calling you to be because you're one. <laughs> at The end yeah. of the day, you're you're. I tell my kids this all the time. You guys are super important, but mom is just a little bit more important because I get to live with her for the rest of my life. You all get to move out. That's a good great point. perspective. And so great perspective. Yeah. I don't want to just do what she wants, just like I don't want her just to do what I want, but mm-hmm. I want to make sure we're on the same page. So that's priority number one. And then have the hard conversations. If you really, really feel like God's not calling to adopt, then you guys get, yeah, you have to work through that tension. And you right. have to figure out how to come to a place that's, Healthy for you.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I'll throw on the, the table too uh, foster care. Um, mm-hmm. There's a huge need in North America of foster care. Yeah. And um, I think that's a space that the church could really make an impact mm-hmm. and individual families in the church. Um, but we're not even thinking about it. We're not even praying about it. We're not even wrestling with it. It's yeah. kind of like, oh, it's someone else's problem. They'll figure it out. Isn't and I think a lot of people are like, no, 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 no. God is stirring something in you. You may not know it now. Yeah. But take the time to ask the question and wrestle with it.
2: And I will tell you, the foster care system, we have friends that have adopted through there or just do foster care. It's, it's a special calling to do that. Yeah. Right? Because a lot of those kids are teenagers. And you know, my last daughter that we adopted, she was 13. And like I said, she came in with a really large suitcase of right. stuff. And so when you are talking about the foster care system, a lot of those kids have gone from foster home, foster home, foster home, foster home. Yeah. Right. So there's no continuity of a, a relationship, like an adult relationship, a Christian relationship. And, and they're
0: assuming that this relationship is going to end like every other relationship, like every other betrayal. One. Yep. And so no emotional connection because yeah. I can't handle it anymore. Yep. And so
2: it takes a lot of a lot of patience and a lot of love.
0: A lot of Jesus A lot of Jesus Jesus. To come
2: through you And to show that kid How much they're loved Despite what comes out of their mouth
0: So it's almost like The family needs to be Called to it But then the church community Needs to really understand What the sacrifice That family's making And what the church can do To support them spiritually Maybe financially as well And just make a difference Because those kids need it
2: And I'll tell you Emily is a part of a, a community Of moms Adoptive moms And foster care moms That's life that is life, yeah. right? And we've had families who've never even considered adoption who have brought groceries over to our house, taken the kids for a night, so we can go out. Like, there's a place in the adoption world for everybody, regardless if they come into your house or not.
1: I love it. I, I even as we think about the church, I heard a statistic one time that said that if every, if if, if a third of every church in America, if, if a third of every church in America would would adopt one child, the 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 foster care, the system. Foster care system, yep. system wouldn't even have to exist yep and and i don't i say that with a little bit of conviction in my own heart because we don't we don't feel the call to adopt but we do feel the call to want to support those who do and, and uh and and when i mean feel the call to adopt that doesn't drop the ball that means even talking to other pastor friends who are out there listening how do you know if we have someone in our church who has adopted families what are we doing to help support this this group because because it isn't just and I and I think this is where it comes back to the legacy side you didn't it isn't just you it, it's the fact that those those children's children will never taste the the pain or burden that they're that those kids felt in Liberia or in where uh, Bulgaria Bulgaria and all these places and so so the opportunity that, that and I guess what I see in this is the rescue that, that even, you know, even Romans talks about how us as the church have been grafted in and adopted. But I love that what you said earlier, you were like, I, those kids, I thought they were my kids, but then my kids were here. And you said it, you said it more than once. you said. And then my kids showed up. Mm-hmm. And and I just love that there was never a moment that you were like, well, they're good enough. Yeah, I really believe that shows the love of Christ in a powerful way that he was like, there you are. I've been waiting for you. and And that's what I see from your side. And there's a whole other side of this that we could possibly go into about the struggle of unpacking the wound. And that may be for another time, but I've watched you unpack their wounds in, in such a beautiful way that I've, I've been able to watch the rescue these last couple of years.
2: It's funny that you say that because I'm sure some of my kids wouldn't say it was very yeah. beautiful. But yeah, but I do because
1: I'm, I'm looking from the outside, seeing the bigger yeah. picture going, you're unpacking crap that no one else wanted to touch. Right. And so the ones that they can trust the most, they're being the angriest with because That's they right. can be the most real. And, and so I'm, we're, we're grateful for you. And, dude, I'm, I'm glad that you came on and shared your story today. Thanks for having me. And Absolutely. I know that it inspired people.
0: Absolutely. So wrestle with it. Spend some time getting to know your wife's dreams. And uh, if you guys, um, if God's called you to be really good parents and you got some good kids at home, maybe there's another step that God's going. This is the start. There's something more for you, whether it be adoption or foster care. And uh, begin to wrestle with that at some level.
1: Love it. Have a great day, guys. God bless.
0: Thanks for listening to Buy Dads For Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at